0: Hi motherfuckers. Hey, this is Kendra, I'm back from the fucking grave. I fuck seven hundred million dicks in hell, no back. I'll be a fucking bitch. Yeah, that's right. I'm back, motherfuckers.
1: This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamAndEve.com.
2: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your host, E. Simon. I'm the other host, Lance Wackerly. It's cracking there,
3: Wacker. Or, I don't know. I went to Utah this weekend. Yeah, weren't you, weren't you visiting
2: the uh, parents? Yeah. How was uh, how did that end up? It sucked. <laughs> at least you're by Vegas, though. did you get a chance to stop at Vegas?
3: Yep, a night in Vegas, but we already did that this year for your birthday, so it's a lot that of wasn't Vegas. Too much of a treat.
2: Did you take the lady for a night out on the town in Vegas, like to yeah. the Bellagio? No, <laughs> but uh, where'd you where'd you go?
3: Downtown, baby. All right, so
2: you took the lady to Vegas on a trip. Is this your first She's trip never been to been downtown? Had she ever been to Vegas?
3: Yeah, but not downtown.
2: Downtown, wow, you are a classy man.
3: Downtown's not even that unclassy anymore. Did you
2: see the pictures? I don't know if I posted that picture. I should post that video that the guy with no arms and that big fat dude wearing the thong.
3: Right, but there's buskers all over. There's buskers on the strip.
2: Yeah, but the strip has like the wind, and but that's what girls girls like. They're impre- girls like that. They're impressed by that. Maybe.
3: I mean I guess there's more shopping down on the strip. <laughs> it isn't like here is a lighter that's shaped like a big fat lady's tits or <laughs>
2: whatever. They they still have a lot of that stuff and you know, all the the tchotchkes and the shot glasses.
3: Yeah, but then they have uh, you know, what's the, what's that crystal? Oh, the Swar- crystal or yeah, yeah, Swarovski crystal. Yeah, Swarovski
2: crystal. Yeah, if you go into like the really high-end shops so they got, like Dior like, right? stores and Hermès and stuff like that. You know, I I took the lady out for a night on the town a couple days ago. Oh, you did. Yeah. Where'd you go? Wined her, dined her. Did not actually and? six. Did not actually sixty nine her. I, I tried. Oh. I was rebuffed. Um, but that's a, a story for another podcast. No, I took her out to. Actually took her out because. Uh, um, I'm in, I'm I'm excited because this Sunday, is uh, that Scientology documentary, and then I read that you can actually have the anyone can. It's open to the public. Have dinner at that restaurant in that weird celebrity center that's located like a block away from my house.
3: I never knew there was a restaurant in there. I mean, I've been by it a million times, but I didn't know there was a restaurant. It's
2: such an ominous building. You look at that thing, and it looks like a, a just this really creepy, ominous, like Orwellian fortress.
3: Yeah, but why is it painted that weird color blue?
2: Oh, no, you're, you're, thinking you're, wait, you're thinking of the... That's the main Scientology building. That's like their Oh, you're their talking about the sanctuary. modern one? No, I'm talking about that, the Manor Hotel. It's this uh, this old Hollywood hotel. It's got the
3: vertical sign there. Mm. No. (laughs) There's so much Scientology down there, I can't keep it straight. Dude, there's like
2: 30 buildings. Right. There's 30 Scientology buildings. Is there one that's shaped
3: like a pyramid or something?
2: I don't know if it's a pyramid. Is that the one in Burbank, actually? I think that is the one in Burbank. Okay. But no, the one by me was the Manor Hotel. It was like an old hotel in the 1920s, 1930s. Uh, all of uh, the Hollywood royalty stayed there. Fred Astaire, there's all those people used to stay there back in the day. Pre Scientology. Well, yeah, but then uh, Elron bought it and made it a uh, hotel. Once Elron became like rich and famous, he bought it and made it a hotel for Scientologists. But yeah. um, it's right up on Franklin and Bronson. It's called the Celebrity Center, and you know I've been, I've been by it a million times. It's just really ominous looking. Like you look at it, you are like, "Well, that's creepy." I'm not going to go in there. I just yeah. always pictured as soon as you went in there, they would somehow talk you into getting a personality test. Next thing you know, you'd wake up handcuffed to a chair, eyes pried open, clockwork orange style, watching. Well, who's everyone that guy from that? Bath.
3: Who's that guy from the story about the 1920s world's fair or whatever. Do you remember his name? the first serial killer in america oh uh holmes devil in the white city yeah yeah, Holmes. Holmes, yeah no he had a hotel and he murdered everybody inside there
2: yeah but he had like all those trap doors and it was like it was small it was like an
3: eight room hotel but this that place looks like if hh holmes like upgraded
2: oh dude no it's like the size of a city block i mean yeah but it's like
3: it looks from the outside like oh a serial killer probably runs this place and i'm gonna get gassed in my room
2: Yeah, it's really creepy, and so I've walked by it a million times, um, and I always wanted to check it out, but I just didn't want to have to go in there. Have you ever been into any of the Scientology centers or anything like that?
3: Back when I was a naive, you know, 20-year-old college kid, and you'd be walking around campus, clearly you'd see the Jesus people and steer clear from them, but you'd see... You see the table set up with the cans, whatever they, they call them, the cans, right? The cans the personality and, the, and the books.
2: They're, and they're oh. hawking those uh, Dianetics
3: books. And maybe they even have a, uh, like a massage table or something. Or they're always next to the people with the massage table. I know that. And I think maybe I talked to one of them that, at that point. And I might even held those cans.
2: I remember uh, me and Kessler one time in Ann Arbor uh, went and we took a personality test and then they they ask you like they go through i was just fucked around and you know answered like funny funny answers just to, and then she gives me my score and she's like oh my god you need to buy this book this book come in for yeah. counseling
3: and it's I, like getting your alignment checked at the tire store yeah we're gonna check your alignment great how's the alignment it's perfect you don't need any services at all no they never tell you that it's always like oh your alignment's fucked you're going to die, mate.
2: It's far more underhanded here though. Cuz in uh like right by my work in Glendale, uh, you walk down by the by the mall and uh it's the uh I forget the name of that mall. But anyways, it's that big uh, the americana in Glendale. And there's these super hot girls. Like they hire models to stand outside and come up to you. And you don't know what they're doing at first cuz they're not holding books. They just come up to you and be like, "Hey, how's it going?" And then you start talking to them like uh, why are you talking to me? Like this makes no sense. What you know? What realm do we live in? And then uh, she like she'll chat with you probably in earnest, seemingly for two minutes, and then she'll be like, "Why don't you come over here? I got something to show you." And then she'll pull out the book. You think that she's genuinely like. Wow, this girl's asking me how I am. Yeah. And, that you know, it should
3: be a warning sign. It should be a times. complete
2: warning sign. Like, this girl that's like a 10, a perfect 10, has come up to me or you and actually pretending to be interested, yeah. like acting interested in our lives. She's not. Sabotage. It's, it's sabotage. And then you just leave kind of like, you know what? This is you just made me feel like my self esteem has just taken a knock. I just feel dirty and used. And then, uh, yeah. Did you, you buy, buy the away. book? Yeah. <laughs> Two yeah, of the book. books. <laughs> <laughs> it works. How how can you tell her no?
3: I thought it was so going the not, hand you're job. you're not signed up for sort of training or whatever, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, the, the personality training, self-help seminar at the Church Scientology. The one-on-one. So anyway, getting back to the Manor Hotel, the Celebrity Center. So it was started in uh, 1972. That's when he bought it. And it was a religious retreat for Scientologists. Now it's just kind of like... They say it's a celebrity center. I didn't see any celebrities in there. Maybe that's where the brainwashing occurs. But they have, like, a talent showcase. They show movies in the courtyard during the summer. And then they also have this restaurant called the Renaissance Restaurant. So we mm. went there to go check it out. And uh, I got to say, dude, the food was great. It's, really? like a, it's French. It's like a French restaurant. Kind of fancy. White tablecloths.
3: A lot of niacin laced and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know what?
2: I didn't drink the Kool-Aid. I, uh, I, I drink some wine but, uh, A nice
3: French meal comes out And then the wait, waiter's like Oh, and we have this uh, Complimentary kool <laughs> Yeah, won't be drinking that
2: But Thanks. you know that, what was funny is They did actually have like French accents Like they had French people working there
3: They're probably out of work actors <laughs> well, Working on their vo- voice impressions Well, they won't be out of work
2: If they join the church
3: yeah, it does seem a clear path to some level of success, right? Or am I just... It, it's sort of confirmation bias. I'm just thinking of the successful Scientologists. No, they
2: do. I mean, that's, that's the way they work. It's like, uh, you know, they, they have the connections if you're worthy. Like well, if- at that
3: point, doesn't it make... Now it's seeming like it's a good deal when you put it that way. It's like, I'm trying to be a if celebrity. I'm trying to be famous. And if I join this cult... I will be famous. At least I'll get like a bit part on like a you know nationally syndicated sitcom. Seems like a fair trade off.
2: So what you're going to enter into this
3: Faustian contract? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you that's how me you would like, your podcast could be bigger than Joe Rogan's if you just sign up. I wouldn't do it. Yes, you would. I wouldn't you do liar. it. <laughs> you bald, coldest.
2: I mean, think of uh, think of Elizabeth Moss from Mad Men. Okay. Hideous. She kind of looks like hideous. a faz. She looks like a faz baby. Those eyes oh, are so far apart. They're making
3: her look like that for the show. Watch her in the uh, top of the Lake. I
2: saw. Okay. I saw a picture of her on Instagram today. She was sitting next to January Jones and Christina Hendricks. That uh, chick. Seriously. That chick's a boner killer. She's not attractive. What did they so do? What, she's, a,
3: she's an eight sitting next to a nine and a 10. No, what they
2: did. Take the eight. Is you. this ugly girl comes there and they're like, you know what? You show your devotion to the church, you join the church, we'll invest in you, we'll make your career, you pay us back. And that's the way it works. Hmm. That's the way it works with screenwriters too.
3: So yeah, you're still making it sound great. <laughs> it's an investment in your future. I'm like, I'm a future. Fat old nerd with a big beard, <laughs> and I want to be famous, I want to be considered the hot guy, and I'm like, oh God. This is going to take a lot of work, but that's the deal. Well, what's going <laughs> to happen? You're to get gonna... to work. They've got like a team of lackeys trying to burnish up my image. They're like, you're going to have to lose weight. That wasn't the deal. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make me famous as I am. I'm paying you a lot of money and I'm going through your fucking, you know, the magic rainbow bridge or whatever you call it to the fucking space planet.
2: What's going to happen though, Wackley? You're going to join the church. You're going to make your millions of dollars. And next thing you know, you're going to be like, you know what? I kind of don't buy into this dogma anymore. I don't believe in the aliens. i want to get out. Then they're going to be like, yeah, wackily, we looked through your internet history. We know about the trannies. We know about the dwarves. And then you're going to be tell like, we're going to fat. Shit, you know. I'm stuck here for the rest of my life. Much like Travolta. You and Travolta.
3: Or uh, you know who?
2: Tom Cruise. Thomas Cruise. So anyway, the restaurant though. Fancy restaurant. I highly recommend it. I got salmon. Wasn't even that expensive. I think the whole meal came to like, I don't know, probably like with tip, like eighty dollars for is two how they people. To the Jews in, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, I know exactly. That's why how this is how they uh, they they cater to us Jews.
3: Are there a lot of Jews who converted? Probably there are a I lot of Jews in right.
2: Scientology too.
3: Are, oh, there are. I think
2: it's it's because can of the you be financial investment and
3: still be Jewish, or do you have to renounce Judaism?
2: I think you could be Jewish by heritage,
3: but you can't be like going to temple.
2: No, I don't think so. Hmm. So anyway, we can, can ate, I
3: go on a tangent though. So you're talking about, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Moss. I think she was born into it, as was Beck and, like, Danny Masterson.
2: I thought Elizabeth Moss joined the church.
3: Well, I don't know. But some of these people were born into it. Like, I think Beck's parents are Scientologists. Beck, so Beck was. That's got to be odd.
2: And what about Zellweger? Was she... Uh...
3: Oh, Renee Zellweger's a Scientologist?
2: Nancy Cartwright, voice of Bart Simpson. Hmm. She's vigilant, too.
3: Jeez. Mm, okay I, I didn't really have anything to explore that's just interesting
2: well so so we we eat our we have our meal we have there's some salmon. wine it's romantic i had salmon. i think she got lobster bisque and something else but i mean it's it's you know and i would i was happy so i'm like oh it's only 80 dollars this fancy restaurant that's great
3: is it all seafood
2: no it's like uh there's steak it's a, it's a french restaurant so it's like french uh california french cuisine right But then anyway, afterwards, I was like, you know, I was like, this actually isn't that bad. You know, this is kind of a kind of an enjoyable romantic dinner experience. But then they come up to you and they start talking to you, like the concierge and the uh, the staff. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, hey, would you like a tour of the Scientology Center? And so my girlfriend's like, yeah, that'd be cool to check it out. So we start walking through it and that's when they start talking to you about the benefits of Scientology, getting you in to come to uh, to sign up and get your email address, asking what you do for a living. They took us right to, uh, they took us over to L. Ron Hubbard's office. The guy has been dead for, I don't know, two decades. He has an office, an immaculate office that they keep up just in case he comes back from the dead and has a place to work.
3: Does it have all kinds of crazy 1950s appliances and stuff, like a big old phone with a rotary dial and one of those intercoms with big fat buttons on it? That just looks like a modern office. Oh, they've kept it up to date for him. Yeah. Here's your, here's your iPhone, Mr. Hubbard. He's like, shit, <laughs> this thing's amazing. Fuck this Scientology thing. This little computer's in my pocket.
2: He <laughs> call Xenu just by pressing <laughs> this button over here. I can
3: research all the Scientology shit I want on this thing. Why would I pay for it?
2: But they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to get you to become, like, to come back. So they're like, hey, we're showing this movie this weekend. You should come back and check it out. Jurassic Park, it's going to be free. Or then they're like, um, come back for the talent showcase. You know, we discover a lot of comedians, a lot of famous people show up just to do sets uh, and test their material. Yeah, I see. Next thing you know, you're going there every week, two times a week. Then they get your money, then they get your soul. I think that's the way it works. Is
3: Scienti- I mean, everybody knows that Scientology is huge and hollywood but is is there like scientology presence in i don't know like houston and they're like oh you're in the oil business (laughs) you know how to succeed in being in the oil business scientology all those big oil people are in scientology i think i think
2: that the uh the only places where scientology really exists and like in mass where there's like communities is florida clearwater florida and uh los angeles
3: why And I knew about the Florida thing, but I never understood. Why is it so big in Florida? You know, I understand I no why idea. it's in Hollywood. but
2: Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, people say this. Like, I remember, I've, I've spoken about this on the show. Like, the place where I work, it's all run by Scientologists. It's owned by Scientologists. And when I found out, I was kind of shocked. Like, oh, my God. But then I've, I've spoken to people about this, and they said, almost anywhere you work in this town is either run by Jews or Scientologists. And that's just how it is. And well, anywhere, used to it.
3: anywhere anybody works... The top level people are all it's never a meritocracy, right? It's never like oh yeah, the people who run my company, they're just really great at making paper clips or whatever at the paperclip <laughs> factory. It's like, no. You know, the one dude's grandpa owned the paperclip company and then they got married and then that guy who runs the financial department, he's like her uncle. Yeah, it's all they, nepotism. It's all well, it's all networking is a better way I guess I'm more Favorable way to say that, and so being a Jew or being a Scientologist is just a way to build up this big this network, network of yeah. people, of other successful people. I mean, it's
2: just a financial podcasting network. is not a way to do that, by the way. Well, especially antisocial podcasting. Who are we
0: networked with?
3: <laughs> Martin and Steele, all of our listeners.
0: I
2: think that's our problem. <laughs> so you're a killer board game
3: guy, Bob Madigan. Bob Madigan, dead.
2: Um, I was so worried when we were eating at that restaurant that like one of my bosses was gonna come in, like one of the VPs for my work. How awkward would that Why have been? Why
3: were you worried? You might get a promotion. You might be like, oh but what Mr. do you think Simon, I-, I want you to come down to my office on Monday. i are gonna have a little chat about your future with the company.
2: <laughs> but I mean, could you imagine, like, oh, I'm just here to laugh at your cult. Well, your
3: cultish the- religion. Don't say that. <laughs> be like, no, I come here all the time. I love it. I love I love this the purposes and the principles. I love looking at Al Ron's, well, Mr. Hubbard's office. Next really thing inspires you know, me about, about my life, my success in the future.
2: I could have got that corner office. Yeah, I should exactly. do that. I was, I was kind of concerned You're there every like,
3: day, just trying to like, let I me mean, not troll, in the sense, but literally troll for one of your bosses. Just be on the lookout.
2: So the Scientologist though, and I know, you know, I almost joked about this at work because uh, we do work outings like for, instead of having a holiday party, it took us to go see the Harry Potter movie, or not the Harry, the Lord of the Rings movie. Which is uh, great,
3: by the way. As somebody who's forced to go to lots of work parties throughout the year, I mean, I would love to just go sit in silence at a movie theater. Plus, you, I could just slip out the back and be like, oh, no, I was getting popcorn. <laughs> I, did I didn't God. see you there.
2: Well, they run it out like two theaters, and uh, it was unlimited uh, um, refreshments. So anyway, that that was our holiday party. So, How many
3: Raisinettes can you really eat, though? Oh, I can eat a lot. Quite a
2: few. <laughs> but so anyway well what's it what's funny about it I, I was we're sitting around and i almost suggested because we have like this anonymous like suggestion box where you can write like things like you know i want you know i want wheat thins in the in the kitchen now or i want dr pepper i was gonna write i think we should have a company out and go see going clear i almost did that
3: oh they would do handwriting analysis on that shit well you
2: don't want to cross a scientologist for that
3: especially if all your bosses are (laughs) scientists.
2: Well, you know there's probably some kind of weird hidden camera because they they know who's dropping these anonymous uh, suggestion cards. Um, But yeah, anyway, Going Clear, uh, which is a a documentary that, I guess it premiered at Sundance, but uh, it's uh, going to be, it's airing on HBO this Sunday, March 29th.
3: Based on a best-selling book, by
2: the way. Yeah, Going Clear, Scientology and the Prison of Belief. It's uh, based on the Lawrence Wright book from uh, 2013, Going Queer. He's, he's
3: written other successful sort of expose-type books on stuff, right? I uh, don't really know what they are. Lawrence
2: Wright? You know, I didn't even check it out.
3: I think he has.
2: But I think it's, it's caused a lot of uh, consternation amongst the, the Church of Scientology.
3: Yeah, he wrote, he wrote that book about... Uh... The Taliban or Al-Qaeda called The Looming Tower, which is one of the better books, supposedly. I haven't read it yet.
2: Is that what this guy does? He just goes and he's a muckraker? Just go in there?
3: <laughs> he's an author. Just <laughs> to play something dancey. <laughs> he's a muckraker? Deal.
2: Just uh, going there and uh, yeah. starting some shit, left and right? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you do? He's a shit starter, yeah. this guy.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, once you've taken on the Taliban, yeah, why not? Scientologists would... <laughs> seem like a weak I, you know, I don't
2: know. I think, they're almost, I think they're at the same level mm. in terms of just uh, completely backwards ideology, mm-hmm. brainwashing people. But so this book uh, has received uh, widespread praise from critics for its deconstruction of the church's claims through a combination of presenting a history of Scientology and its founder, good old Elrond, uh, how celebrities interact with the church and the stories of a number of ex-members.
3: Yeah. Who faces the I really want to watch this thing. Uh can't wait. It's gonna be great. Oh, it's gonna be great. But I hope it isn't the whole uh you know, South Park thing I find extremely boring. Well that I mean be- it's interesting the first time and it was funny in South Park, but like I, I don't care what they believe their crazy beliefs. Like every religion has crazy beliefs, but I am very interested in like the you know uh, mind control games they play and how they trap people. The, in, intimidation, in the intimidation, the exploitation. Yeah. What does Rico stand for? A racketeering, ICO, whatever. All that shit. Is. That kind of crap. Dude, I mean, that's th- what's interesting to me.
2: Put it this way: they have so much power that they intimidated the IRS and received a tax exempt status for their
3: cult. Oh, I remember reading something about that, but I don't remember the whole story. I hope they cover that too.
2: You have the leader, David Miscavige. Is yeah. that him? Miscavige? How do you say his name? Is it Miscavige? Miscavige. Miscavige. Yeah. Um, his wife has been missing for like, I don't know, eight years. No one knows where she's at. Right. No one's ever... no, But no one's investigated it. No one's even gotten close enough to find out what happened to this woman.
3: Well, when this guy's book came out, Lawrence Wright, going clear of the book, even that was like a huge deal because... Anybody else who I mean, there—it's a super wealthy organization, tax-exempt, religious status. You know, lots of wealthy members, millions of dollars, probably a billion, right? I'm sure. I I don't know actually (laughs) numbers, whatever. Uh, but nobody else would ever write about them because they would just sue the shit out of you, like like or discredit you publicly. Nuisance lawsuits, but you know they're smart enough. To not get them thrown out of court summarily, so then you'd have to go to court to prove it's a nuisance. You'd have to hire lawyers. They've got really expensive Scientologist lawyers. And so this was the first guy who had like you know, he wrote for the New Yorker and all that kind of shit. And he, you know, he had the backing to be like, I'll stand up against these motherfuckers.
2: I mean, you notice that there, like, how many movies have there been about Scientology? There's the the one that um uh Paul thomas anderson just did uh the, the master. master
3: which and he never mentioned scientology i
2: know that's the thing though i mean it was loosely right. um based it was not loosely i mean it was definitely um uh, representation of scientology but he wouldn't come out and say that this that uh um it was supposed to be about joaquin phoenix was l ron hubbard i mean he didn't even come out and say well uh, uh, or no, joaquin
3: phoenix wasn't well, uh what's his name the dead one
2: uh, The yeah what's his name
3: philip seymour Hoffman. Phil,
2: philip seymour hoffman
3: was l ron yeah. hubbard
2: uh, yeah, but I mean, he, he he wouldn't come out and say it. This this is the first movie, though, to really pull back the curtain and expose the church for what it is. Well, we'll see. Well, I don't know. I mean, they have uh, they interview um, eight former Scientologists. Uh, Paul Haggis, who's an Oscar-winning uh, director and screenwriter, he wrote uh, Million Dollar Baby. Oh. Uh, I think he directed Million Dollar Baby and Crash. A couple episodes of Walker, Texas Big Ranger. Time. <laughs> Did he really? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. Hey, that's big time. Um, but yeah, they they interview uh, Mark Rathman, the church's former second in command. Mark Rinder, head of the church's office of special affairs. Sylvia. The best Spanky thing I ever Taylor. saw. And I think it's
3: on. I think it's on YouTube. Is uh, it was just a YouTube video, so I guess it flew under the radar or something. But uh, it's like a three hour interview, just like basically this dude sitting down and talking with an interviewer who's off camera. Uh, about his experience with Scientology. The guy's name is Jason Beghe, B-E-G-H-E. He's like one of those, uh, I think he's an actor, but he's really mostly known for uh, voiceover type stuff, like that, you know, world. He's one of those guys. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's fascinating. Because it's just, hit, like, he he obviously, this movie's going to tell, like, the whole story, but he's just telling it from his perspective as being, like, a semi-celebrity Like, not a household name, but a pretty, you know, successful, established, yeah, Yeah. established dude who had like tons of money and was interested in like higher truths, just getting suckered by these dudes for years and years and years. And then finally getting out and being like, Holy fuck, what have I been doing with my life? These guys are insane.
2: Well, that's the thing. They masquerade as a self help group. Like, it's going, it's a self help religion that makes you a better person. But really, it just makes the church richer.
3: Well, I think a lot of self help is, um, I don't know. The way that I think of it is a lot of self-help is like trying to, you know, you have d- deficiencies and problems, and we're gonna like make you sort of work well and be good at your job. But I think Scientology promotes itself as like you're gonna be the next level of person, like above all the other people around you. It's yeah, it's which like, is what's uh, I mean that for celebrities, that's kind of their their modus up. Well, I think that's
2: that. what they do though, is they yeah. invest in you. It's it's like false sense of fulfillment. And then when you try to escape, that's when they destroy your life, ruin your career, discredit yeah. you publicly.
3: I, if I really thought that there was somebody who would like, like, uh, if you give us some money, we'll t- turn you into an X man, <laughs> I'd be like, <laughs> that seems pretty cool. Like, I'm gonna have fucking superpowers. I think that's a adamantium t- skeleton or whatever. Maybe you just roll the dice. Like, well, what am I gonna get? Is it gonna be like those gay wings, or will I have like a cool power? Well, you're just gonna find out. <laughs> You spend a bunch of money and then you like, you know, you're that like Jubilee character who can like make shiny lights. Little, you, can,
2: you can shoot glitter out of your fingertips yeah. Yeah. or
3: gambit. Like, whoa, you can throw a playing card at somebody's head. Here's a God stick. God damn it.
2: <laughs> so the, uh, the film recounts the history of Scientology and the founder, L. Ron Hubbard, but it also airs allegations of the abuse of church members and misconduct by its leadership. Um, it also goes into, the it highlights the role that's, that's played by celebrity members, such as Travolta and Tom Cruise. So those are, um, big, those
3: are the two kingpins, right?
2: Yeah. I wonder if it goes into the that, that weird uh, Scientology Navy. You ever heard of them? Sea Org? Yeah, Sea Org. Which is bizarre. What religion has its own military
3: force? I think the purposes of that thing is they know that if they get somebody out on a boat you know, well, for A, they can't get away. It's just much easier to, like, you know, sub- subject them to mind control uh, methods. And B, if they're way out in the ocean, like, not all the, you know, laws of any given country apply at that point. You're like at maritime law. Well, uh,
2: d- do a lot exactly. more crazy stuff. You got a lot more leeway. But I think what they do with the Sea Org is the, Sin- the members of Scientology send their children to it. And their children are just like pretty much just given to this uh, this marine crew that was originally supposed to just all they're supposed to do is was, was man uh, Elron's boat like his it's yacht. Like
3: the, it's kind of like the Boy Scouts,
2: kind of. But I think it's I think it's uh, girls and boys, and they just give them yeah. to this this uh, Scouts, sea org, and then the next thing you know, they're just being fleeced and uh, having their minds molded, which is how the church uh, operates. Um, there's a lot of revelations. A lot of salacious revelations that uh, are going to come out from this uh, this movie, and that's why the Scientologists are trying so hard to discredit it. Like if you do a search in Google for "Going Clear," the first thing that shows up is an anti uh, uh, is an ad that's anti the movie,
3: right. purchased it's by Scientology. Yeah, Scientology website that's there to discredit. It's
2: called them. like what is like Freedom
3: Religion or something. They have a free yeah it's Freedom something. Freedom. They have Meg. a Twitter account that they also keep promoting tweets into my timeline. So do
2: you remember, you might not recall this, but so Going Clear premiered at Sundance. It was right around the time of the Super Bowl. Did you see that Scientology ad that they aired?
3: What? No, <laughs> I was pretty drunk during the Super Bowl. That, that was I just bizarre. It
2: was like, really? A television ad for Scientology? I've never seen that on, on national television. It was a direct response, a direct attack to try to uh, uh, counterbalance this, uh, the effect of this movie this movie's, I mean, got a lot of uh, media attention. Yeah. And the church, I think big. the church is panicking.
3: You know? Do you think there's going to be a big impact? Or just sort of a month later, it'll just be business as usual for the tologists?
2: Th- well, you, you know, you never know. Because you, uh, you look at documentaries like that one that just came out with C- about SeaWorld, uh, Blackfish.
3: Yeah, well I mean, that affected yeah. them massively. I mean, right?
2: that's affected their business. And you look at the, right now with Scientology, the church is like at it's, it's the lowest membership rate that it's had in recent years. Huh. So uh the, but but the fact of, the fact of the matter is though, sure, they do have dwindling membership, but their wealth at this time is higher than it ever has been.
3: It'd be cool if they were uh, lost their, uh, you know, religious designation and they had to start paying taxes. That would be the most amazing outcome. In Listen my to this. opinion. Recent
2: tax filings point to the church having as much as three billion dollars.
3: Ah, I was right.
2: Three billion dollars. How, how many? How synagogue- many Well, I'm sure there's a lot of megachurches that have that. But <laughs> Let's how many not synagogues- start Comparing dick sizes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I mean, they, you know, they're tax exempt. They're a tax exempt religion. Through with, yeah, I don't even billion. care that. I, I mean,
3: if you if you legally sucker people out of their money, uh, more power to you. I mean, look at all the t shirt money we have. It's fleecing <laughs> I, people. I don't feel bad that's about what we that. do, <laughs> selling some prints of us that's fucking Sears sweaters. Um, but I mean, we, you know, if you're fucking getting out of taxes because you're saying you're fucking tax exempt, and like, you know, I'm I is just some private citizen and paying more taxes than your huge three billion dollar organization fuck you you deserve to go down
2: we ridicule the europeans a lot here on the show and uh um besmirch their sexuality uh however i gotta say they stood up to the church of scientology refused yeah. to recognize them as a religion
3: every country over there i know germany and the uk did are there any countries where they get to pull this shenanigan
2: i'm sure france was like yeah it's okay they're a religion
3: are, are any churches tax exempt over there
2: yeah, I think, most, I think uh, most of them are, aren't they? I Actually, mean, the I'm Vatican sure is it its own
3: country. That's how it gets out of it. I'm not sure how it works. I don't works. know. But they
2: refuse to Neither recognize Scientology as a religion, though.
3: Good. So I'll give them that. Whereas
2: in this country, we're like, okay, we'll make you tax exempt. Just don't hurt us. We're well, we, intimidated we by you.
3: an extra hard lot for any type of religion. I mean, think about Al Sharpton or the Reverend Jesse Jackson or, you know, even Fred Phelps. All yeah. those guys that, like, yeah, they're pulling their shenanigans, but what are you going to do? He's a holy man.
2: Yeah, but think of how much money the uh, Governor Schwarzenegger probably got from the church. What about the Shalom <laughs> in the Home guy?
3: <laughs> think of all the <laughs> shit that he gets away with. What's his name? Rabbi Shmuley? Shmuley Boteach,
2: that guy. Go. Shalom in the Home. Um. So uh, this movie actually goes into uh, uh, the fact that sh- new church members, so if you're a new... Um, you're a new uh, guy. You just enrolled in the church. You just became a member. Yeah. You don't learn about the actual creation story till two years in.
3: How much money have you had to spend at that point? Well, that's all about you pay for all these things, right? To get to the next
0: level.
2: Well, but I mean, it's an insane creation story. That's what South Park, uh, you know, obviously parodied. I mean, they went into it and like this, because it's an insane, it's an insane creation story. That started this religion. And I think a lot of people, when, you, when you're first, you're first uh, being introduced to the church, you think, it's oh, it's just a self-help group. It's an alternative to uh, going to therapy. Right. You know, it's like instead of going and paying money for a psychotherapist, I'm just going to go to this church and learn how to be a better person. Next thing you know, you're two years in. You've already spent X amount of $1,000. Thousand and then they're like, oh, by the way, uh, this religion was started by aliens and thetans. They came here on a ship, and this big evil alien named Xenu um, ate all the Thetans in a
3: volcano. <laughs> the Wheat Thins? That sounds like me. Am I the god of a religion? I ate the whole box of Wheat Thins one time, multiple times. The Thetans, Wackerly. Oh, Thetans. Your churlish thetans. attitude. Well, maybe I'm going to start my own religion. Right, how do you all say the, is All it, the Wheat Thins
2: I ate. What, what, are, what are the Thetans or Thetans? What are they? Thetans what is it it's supposed to be is
3: it like a little bubble of like negative psychic energy that lives in your body <laughs> and it, but isn't mean. it like all attached to you and the and the xeno aliens eat the thetans i actually i've even watched a bunch of these like exposés and i never can keep i i guess i understand it when they're talking about it but i can never remember whether the thetans are good or bad like are you supposed to have a lot or you want to get rid of them all
2: yeah, I'm not sure.
3: I think I don't
2: know how it works. Although you gotta say though, I mean, comparatively speaking, is one religion's creation myth that much more bizarre than another?
3: No. I feel the same way about archangels. Is an archangel a, a really good angel or a bad angel?
2: No, they're like the they're like the top level angel, an archangel.
3: Yeah. Well archbishop, that's pretty good, right?
2: Um, but that but that's the thing. You look at the creation myth of like Judaism or um the Babylonians or the Norse gods. It's bizarre. This one with the Thetans and the aliens and Xenu, I don't think it's really all that far off base. It's just weird to me that you don't learn about it. <laughs> well, you don't <laughs> learn about it, though, until you reach operating Thetan level three, which probably costs about $80,000 and your firstborn.
3: Yeah, if you watch this Jason Begay interview thing I was talking about before, like $80,000 is not even like the tip.
0: God, of Elron Hubbard's
3: cocking your ass. It no. goes up like multiple orders higher than that apparently.
2: Yeah, no, we're going to have to sell a lot of t-shirts to get to that level.
3: Um, Who gets to go? You or me? I don't know, both of us. I
2: mean, if we joined up, we'd have to sell a lot of t-shirts, yeah, pool our resources and give it all to the church. Um, but I you know, I'm excited. I kind of want to see it. I want to see I want to hear the story of this church. It's it's bizarre. Most people know nothing of this religion, quote unquote religion.
3: Yeah. Mainly, it just fills in a weekend before uh, Game of Thrones comes out.
2: well, it's the Walking Dead season premiere.
3: <laughs> fuck the Walking Dead. <laughs> I'm almost to the point of fuck uh, Game of Thrones, but not quite yet.
2: Wackerly. hating anything that's commercially successful.
3: No, it lit. Come on, come on, people. The fans out there. I want to see admit, Game of Thrones. I do want to see it, but it's, it's not as good as you wish it was, right?
2: You know, I, I actually think Walking Dead has been interesting this season, so. Really? However, I'm going to be watching Going Clear instead of it, because I'm that much more interested in finding out what, what the hell is wrong with the Church of Scientology.
3: Well, that's what TiVo's for, bro.
2: Yeah, I guess I could always just uh, DVR it. Is that what it's called? DVR? V- actually, I think it's called Torrent, that's all I do. Oh, yeah. Keep that under wraps. Anyway, people, go check it out. Going Clear will be airing this Sunday, March 29th on HBO. Um, so uh, go hit those torrent sites. Uh, people, this is episode 476 here of Sick and Wrong. You know the way the show works. Send in your stories. We'll read them here on the air if we give you credit. Uh, we will send you a Sick and Wrong care package, which consists of stickers. Sick and Wrong stickers. Stickers that you can stick on anything. You can stick on your car. I, I do like that when people send us pictures of their car. With a sick and wrong sticker,
3: I like it when people uh, get a bumper sticker or whatever, and then but then they tape it to the window because <laughs> they're like, I want to be a sick and wrong fan, or I want to have a Calvin peeing on a uh, cross, but uh, I don't want to hurt the resale value of my automobile.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want <laughs> like to ruin my Honda Accord. <laughs>
3: Accord. <laughs> yeah, it's always like a Honda
2: Accord, Hyundai Elantra. Anyway, send your stories, sick and wrong podcast hotmail Submit them via Facebook or the Twitters. Uh, we've got some good stories here to get to. Uh, before we get to that, though, here's a word from our sponsor.
4: Hey, kids, do you like sex toys? Yeah! Then go to AdamandEve.com and make a purchase using coupon code DIDDLE. You'll get 50% off your first item, three free adult DVDs, free shipping, and a gift so sensual I can't even mention it on this podcast about murder and bukaki. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, AdamandEve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE.
2: That's DIDDLE, D-I-D-D-L-E, like your uncle used to do to you. So the first story we got here was sent in from Tony. Uh, Tony says, what would you do if someone beat up Hecubus? Yeah, I'd be upset. Um, Woman beats Falcon to death. In an attempt to save a duck. So, as the owner, <laughs> as the owner of an attention seeking pet, yes. or would I be an attention seeking owner of an unusual pet? Both. Yeah, that's a better way to put anyway, it. Anyway, an attention-seeking owner of an unusual pet, I would be really upset. My heart so goes out to let's, this guy. Yeah,
3: well, let's, let's slow down on this point a little bit. So you're in the same category as um, this guy. This this people uh, with snakes, people with birds that go around town, weirdo
2: weird iguanas, ferrets, ferrets. Yeah, I'm in the same category as the ferret owner, but the guy you're that not, carries you're not to the, the, the ferret, where
3: you're taking Hecubus like out on a leash in public, right? Or it's, he's not on your shoulder as you're at the Starbucks?
2: No. I, you know, I would never Boy. get to that point. I've taken Hecubus. Never say never. I've taken Hecubus outside, just like in the front of my apartment.
3: Just to try and freak him out a little bit. I understand that.
2: And uh, you don't You don't walk a cat. People do. Th- th- you don't walk a cat. You <laughs> put him on a leash. getting that
3: harness on him.
2: And you, First of all, you have to put him on the harness. Out, and you scratch yeah. the fuck out of your hand. Second, so yeah. you put him outside on the ground and the thing doesn't move. He's petrified. He's he's scared to death. And it's like, you know, it's an anxiety-ridden thing to do. I don't think it's fair to do to your animal. Don't bring well, your is, cat that outside. That is why you
3: did it, right? He's <laughs> like, oh, well, let's see if we can freak cat. I just wanted to see enough.
2: what he would do. I mean, he's never been in, on grass before. So I just wanted to put him on grass and see what he'd do. He just on, stood dude. there. You've
3: blown pot smoke in his face. <laughs> Every cat owner <laughs> who smokes for you just done that.
2: Well, I just wanted to find, you know, I, I just don't, I couldn't have seen, I couldn't, Envision myself being one of those guys with a cat on my shoulder, like, look at my
3: hairless. Creature. Well, you're still you're still relatively young. <laughs> oh, uh, a relatively on. new a cat owner. Maybe no, that's what I'm you saying, meant to say. You still like sort of just get some attention by virtue of having your tattoos and being out and about in the Prius, and you have a you know hot girlfriend. <laughs> but talk to me when you're fifty. And you and Hecubus are just like, nobody pays attention to me. You I'm know what? I'm going to uh, take Hecubus out to the park.
2: Those cats are really cool, unique looking when they're young. But have you seen pictures picture of them when they're old?
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, they're hideous like a, creatures.
3: Even more like a ball sack.
2: Oh, I think it's going to match its owner. Because could you imagine me when I get really old?
3: What's that ceremony in that park down by you in Los Angeles where they uh, bless all the Pope or whatever, not the Pope, but the Bishop of LA or whatever comes out and blesses all the animals. You're going to take them out for that? What what is this?
2: What is this? Is this some weird Scientology ritual that you attended? No, it's
3: Catholic. And they come out and they
2: bless your animal?
3: Oh, people bring... I mean, like you know, hundreds of people bring their animals to some park by downtown. You never heard of this? Like people no. bring, like obviously, there's a lot of Mexicans. I am so, so people checking bring this chickens out. and donkeys. And I, I know we've. <laughs> we, I'm not going to name names. but We have mutual friends who have brought their dogs there. I am so
2: checking this out. Do you know what time of year they do this? It's got to be this.
3: Well, I guess it's Los Angeles. So it doesn't have to be this. It's. So, I mean, sometime when it's relatively nice out because it's an outdoor, you know, weekend a day event.
2: I am so renting an alpaca.
3: Well, just I'll bring take your ball sack <laughs> an, attention animal. So anyway. I guarantee if you go, there will be an alpaca already there. So you wouldn't even be the only person with an alpaca.
2: As the owner of an attention-seeking pet, I feel for the guy, the, okay, the yeah. protagonist of the story. story. So check this out. It occurred in Idaho. An Idaho woman faces charges after authorities say she beat a hunter's falcon to death with a beaded scarf after seeing the bird of prey take down a duck. She's trying to save a duck. Patty McDonald, (laughs) 60 years old, was trying to save a duck. She's being charged with a misdemeanor.
3: What do ducks eat? Ducks? Flies? They
2: eat insects. I think fish, fish, maybe? Probably fish, small fish.
3: Would she beat the duck if it was eating a fish?
2: Well, that's what I don't understand. It's like, if you were in, okay, if you're in nature and you see, you know, a hawk, or not even a hawk, just a dog or a coyote trying to eat a rabbit, would you stop the coyote?
3: Oh, God, no. The coyote would maul me to death.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, I just don't understand what this woman, what is this woman trying to do? Is she like the the nature spirit like the nature elf that runs around trying to protect all the animals
3: no because i think if that was (laughs) that would be very shitty nature spirit because what if there's all these emaciated starving animals because the nature spirit won't let any of the animals eat any of the other animals
2: has she ever seen the fucking lion king circle of life Mm, hoop
3: of existence
2: yeah that's what you do (laughs) You, you have animals eat other animals that's nature
3: I actually did read an article that's, and I don't know if it's been updated or what, but because uh, it was a, you know, earlier in the week that said she didn't even realize that this was a hunter's hawk. She just thought it was, she thought it was a natural hawk. Well, but that makes it even more makes fun it even
2: fun. more. Yeah, that makes it worse. I mean, that doesn't uh, mitigate what she did.
3: I mean, <laughs> was this woman arrested or what? I mean, a hawk can't be cheap, right? It's got to be kind well, of a high dollar animal to get.
2: The worst part about it, it's like the, the hawk was eight years old. And these things live to be like like in their thirties. And so this, this hawk, this guy had raised this hawk since it was a chick spent countless hours training it, but it also, you know, was, was, uh, you know, it was, uh, trained to, to be around humans. So it, I don't think it perceived the woman as a threat. Cause it was like, Oh, it's a human. Right. So it's been conditioned not to be scared of humans. Actually, you know, this lady's coming out and beating it with her handbag.
3: Her beaded scarf, beaded. By the way, what the hell is a beaded scarf?
2: So uh, authorities say McDonald fractured the skull of the eight-year-old falcon named Hornet.
3: (laughs) Don't name your animal after another animal. It just confuses everyone. The duck also
2: died. (laughs) It's being stored as evidence. So she didn't even save the fucking duck. You did even save the duck, lady. Nature spirit. Wasn't she, the Lorax? (laughs) 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 The Worst Lorax ever. Uh, So the Hornet's owner, Scott Dinger... Uh, said she should be charged with killing a protected species. Um, what is, what's what's kind of weird is, like, who hunts with falcons? Is this guy a falconer? Is that what he does? Speaking of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean, what is he really into Game
3: of Thrones? No, I, th- I mean, you you hit the nail on the head before. This is the ultimate attention-seeking hobby. I mean, this guy probably goes doing to Renaissance weekend, fairs. Oh, I'm going to watch some football. What are you doing? I'm taking out my falcon. <laughs> I'm taking oh, it to go
2: hunting. <laughs> again? Do you think he has one of those, like, leather gauntlets that the hawk stays on?
3: Yeah, and you have to have a little hood so it oh, can't over see face, yeah.
2: <laughs> but he, this guy probably goes to Renaissance fairs.
3: What if you came to work and he was like, whatever his name, Brad Dinger was like, oh deep. I have to go to uh, the Star Trek convention in Clearwater, Florida this weekend. Would you please come over and feed my (laughs) hawk? No, no, dude, sorry. You just have to take this live rat and take his hood off, put it on top of the TV, and he'll come and get it.
2: Do you think one, like, so Scott Dinger here, who owns the Falcon, obviously attention-seeking owner of an unusual pet, Do you think he clashes with other attention-seeking owners of unusual pets? Like, do you think if I had my hairless cat and he had his falcon, this other guy had ferrets, would we hate each other because we're seeking all the attention?
3: It's pretty clear, easy for Scott Dinger to win the contest, though. Yeah, because his his pet would eat our pets. (laughs) Uh, I gotta say, I gotta say, I mean, it's all about you know what was the what would the woman like? Women love ferrets for some reason.
2: Uh, women, like, uh, women like women like hairless nut Believe me,
3: if he's trying to impress other dudes at the Ren Fair, he obviously wins.
2: Oh yeah, uh, no, and and chicks. I mean, they, they go to Ren like my girlfriend's a big Ren Fair person. Like she's really into She'd it. She'd like the
3: hawk, probably.
2: She'd probably be like, oh my god, he's got this hawk that's trained.
3: You would win amongst you know late thirties, early forties, sort of goth you know dudes who who like to be ironically funny.
2: And women like hairless nut sacks. They really do.
3: <laughs> they do. So <laughs> from all the porn I've watched, Jake, I think you're right.
2: So Scott was about five hundred yards away. Five hundred yards away when Hornet made a successful attack and landed with the duck.
3: Does it really say five hundred yards?
2: He was five hundred yards away.
3: That's five football fields.
2: Yeah, he's. But that's a hawk or a falcon. I think. But how you fly can you far. even see
3: it? I can only. I can barely see to the end of one football field. It's not like it's a fucking condor. I don't know, maybe he has binoculars. <laughs> I don't know how oh, these guys... Oh, you're probably right. Uh, he has one of those, uh, like, marksmanship uh, telescopes. A scope sure. or something.
2: Yeah. He said he was approaching the spot when he saw a red Jeep Wrangler pull up to the side of the road, and this woman get out, start beating the, the hawk or the falcon, and then Hornet flew away, but appeared injured. Yeah. Um, Dinger His head said, was caved in. <laughs> <laughs> Dinger said the woman told him she beat the bird, which had been with humans since the day it was hatched. So nice he's Yeah, he says, you know, they don't even know they're falcons.
3: Is and that she was, remorseful?
2: Well, yeah, because she actually caught, she turned herself in because she drove away. <laughs> of course. Um, Dinger said they don't even know they're falcons, and that's probably part of his undoing because you could walk up to him and he wouldn't fly away. So, I mean, if he was scared, I think if it was in the wild, the hawk would have taken off. Right. You know, but uh, being that it was conditioned to be around humans, it uh, wasn't scared until she started beating it.
3: How in the hell is this lady driving around in her red Jeep Cherokee and just notices a hawk killing a duck and then she stops and gets out? <laughs> I, I don't even fuck? know.
2: Yeah, who does that? Like, she's uh, crazy. I mean, do, do you think she just patrols nature? I really think she's like the Lorax. She just patrols nature, looking for animals in distress, hops out of her Red Wrangler, and then beats them with her beaded scarf.
0: Yeah. She's more she like does. the
3: shitty you know, park ranger from... Uh, Whatever you call that dumb bear. What the fuck? Smokey the bear? No. Yogi. The fucking Yogi the bear. You know, the park rangers always harassing them, trying to prevent their, you know, nature animal fun. That's what this lady Stealing doing. picnic baskets. Yeah, that's what bears do. Wear so, fucking hats and ties and shit.
2: So this conservation officer actually received an anonymous call from a woman saying she was trying to save a duck from a falcon. So, I think she was really upset that the, the duck was injured, but felt bad about injuring someone's pet. So, she did feel remorseful for her actions. Well,
3: that's nice of her. Is she got to pay uh, for this hawk. It's got, Like I said before, it's got to be ex- an expensive animal.
2: Well, that's what I, why Dinger's saying she should be charged with killing a protected species. Instead, she's getting uh, harassing an animal charge, which is punishable up to six months in jail or a fine of five grand. She's not going to jail for this. No, he said it was tough to accept what happened because his bird's eight years old, and falcons can live up to be about thirty when they're with humans. So I mean, that, that that kind of sucks. I feel bad about that. Like if I if I was out in public and I had my cat on my shoulder, and some woman came by or man came by and they saw it and they're like, "What is this horrible creature, aberration of nature?" and started smacking it, I would smack a bitch. I would I would punch yeah. that person in the face.
3: Well, yeah. Now you have the mothering bond with it, so. Yeah,
2: that's what you do. You, get, you, uh, you protect your animal.
3: Your, your child.
2: <laughs> well, wouldn't you do that, though, if somebody, like, kicked your dog or something?
3: Yeah, of course.
2: I mean, you kind of have to. But, you have to. I mean, that, that's what sucks for this guy. It's like, what, what sucks for this guy, though, I mean, he's put eight years into training this thing. To probably Do they come back when you call them? Like, how does it work?
3: It must. I, I mean, I mean if you still have it.
2: I'm picturing, like, Beastmaster. You make a little chirping noise, the thing comes yeah. back. You see well, the, through its eyes.
3: <laughs> the Beastmaster was the ultimate uh, attention-seeking animal guy because he had the ferrets, the hawk, the tiger. Anything I'm missing there?
2: And that's what I aspire to be, Wackerly. Yeah, just four <laughs> more animals and you're
3: there.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna get a boa constrictor. I'm gonna get some af- or some Did Madagascar hissing cockroaches. Oh yeah. Um, no, I don't know what I think he had a, he had a some tiger or something, or a panther. He had ferrets.
3: You know what this is, remind, this is making me think? It's been way too long since I've seen The Beastmaster. It's a There's got to be like a, a damn Blu-ray, movie.
2: Blu-ray version out, right? Do you think this guy, when he's at home just watching TV, do you think he's just stroking his falcon? Like, what do you do with it? I mean, does it cruise around the, the house? I was going to ask slept with
3: it. No, it's, that's what the hood is for. It stays in its bird cage.
2: Do you get a cage for it if it's been conditioned to be around humans?
3: Yes. You do I mean, not. Don't they they don't have cages. You, do. you think it just sits on a perch?
2: It probably has a perch. You know we should call is Jeffrey, because he used to have birds.
3: Oh, yeah, my brother used to have birds. He'd probably be very upset about this story, because he didn't like the birds at first, but then he bonded with the them.
2: Jeff bonded with the bird. He had, uh, his roommate had an African gray parrot, and that bird could mimic Jeff's voice.
3: Those things live forever, too, right? Like, they can go get to be, like, 50 years old. No, like
2: 100. Winston Churchill's oh, parrot just died. Really? Yeah, like I, it was like probably what 3 an interesting years ago. fact, No, it was like 3 years ago. His parrot just died and the parrot would still say things about like the Nazis and Hitler <laughs> and uh, in in Winston Churchill's voice. But I but that that's the thing. Uh, I remember when uh my brother moved into this his roommate's house. This guy had like three parrots. And uh, I was like, "Wow, I can't wait to teach this parrot to say the word faggot." <laughs> my brother's like, "You can't. You can't teach it to swear." I was like, "Why?" Oh,
3: but I can. not
2: I was like, why? He's, I was like, every time I come over, I'm going to be like, faggot. But then uh, he's like, if you do, what happens? Like, uh, the, the bird outlives, it survives its owner. And then they, they won't donate. The bird sanctuaries won't take the animal if it swears, because it'll teach all the birds to swear.
3: That's bullshit. Uh, that's what happens. I mean, I believe it, but that's not <laughs> a good rule. Just because a bird picked up a swear word or two, it's one bad die. egg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway, what do you have here for the second story?
3: Uh, well, speaking of Nazis and Hitler and all that, <laughs> the Germans are at it again. <coughs> Those Germans. This, is, this was sent in from Chris, and he says,
5: "Hell of a way to go."
3: Um, yeah, the Germans are at it again. You know, they're murdering innocent people in small. Fine spaces. You know, they love to
2: do that. They have a penchant for that. They really do.
3: One specific German. Uh, he also killed himself, as did Hitler. Uh, mm-hmm. This guy's 28 years old. His name's Andreas Lubitz. Was it a Every- plane full of Jews? Well, there were probably some Jews on board <laughs> gypsies, gays, American POWs, <laughs> a la Stalag 17 and Hogan's Heroes. Yep. <laughs> they were cracking wise. The Colonel steward Klink. was uh, Colonel- <laughs> steward was whatever the guy's name was, Schultzy. <laughs> uh, oh, I we we make fun, but it's not very funny. And all these everybody knows this one, right? The people German are Wings Flight Nine Five Two Five. German Wings, would you fly that airline?
2: My people would never fly that airline. Could you imagine a a, a plane named German Wings?
3: It's a it's a bargain airline though, like. You know, virgin america or southwest so i think your people would fly in fact
2: you know i don't know though because like my dad like look my dad would never fly Lufthansa. he would never buy a volkswagen a bmw or a mercedes-benz he just wouldn't
3: but there are a lot of jews driving mercedes-benz and bmws around los angeles guaranteed indeed
2: yeah, uh, no I'm, I'm sure now i mean it's but i, I just know my my father just was just like and it. we weren't we were forbidden to uh buy a volkswagen and volkswagen's an affordable car reliable eat vehicle i
0: Probably
3: doubt not. it you don't even know what <laughs> is. we didn't have it in michigan uh well this uh 28 year old kid i should I'll, I'll tell the story that everybody knows and then we'll get into the yeah this uh, is a major news event. commentary right so it's 20 years old he's a co-pilot He has, like, 630 hours of flying time, which seems like a lot to me, right? No, but he's a novice. That's not that much, right? That's not that much in the world of flying. The captain of the plane, because he was the co-pilot, the captain had 6,000 hours. So this guy's the co-pilot. He has, like, a tenth of the flying hours that the captain does. And they were going from, do you know where? I don't know where.
2: I think it was Germany to... Uh, no, Spain. Somewhere in Spain,
3: Spain to... Swiss. Anyways, the plane crashed in the French Alps. And at first, everybody was like, holy shit, this plane crashed into the Alps and everybody's dead.
2: How many uh, passengers?
3: 150. 150 people. I keep hearing that, like, that's the exact number, which I guess it is.
2: It's amazing that they're able to count that. I mean, because isn't it just like a big, you know, explosion, just body parts scattered everywhere?
3: yeah. Do you think maybe they checked the tickets (laughs) that are in a computer Why would they do that? (laughs) You're out there counting, like, left hands. You're
2: you're putting everybody back together.
3: Hey, D, D, we just checked the computer. (laughs) You can stop counting left hands.
2: This is a really gruesome puzzle we we got to put together. I'm almost
3: to 148, though. (laughs) I'm just going to (laughs) finish.
2: How do they know? There might be a survivor that walked away. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point.
3: He's just still eating the other passengers, like that fucking thing. Alive? Yeah. I don't know. I thought I was stranded. (laughs) Didn't you hear us calling out for survivors? Yeah, but I was almost done with this fat guy.
2: They were stranded for a couple hours,
3: right? Got hungry. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that a Mr. Show sketch? (laughs) Anyway uh well everybody was like oh what happened i don't know the plane must have broken there wasn't a lot of cries of terrorism as there usually are i didn't hear that did you
2: yeah i was kind of surprised about that because then the initial reaction was like no it, you know it wasn't they didn't think they didn't blame it on isis i thought they would point the finger at isis yeah or, they immediately
3: yeah sorry go ahead
2: or uh what was that other that flight that uh that disappeared in near malaysia they're still looking for that thing. Yeah, I know. I, I figured they'd be like, oh, my God, the mysterious French Bermuda Triangle or something.
3: <laughs> it goes all the way from Malaysia <laughs> to the Mediterranean. Wraps uh, around some
2: islands. Yeah.
3: Um. Well, I think because they immediately found the voice record and not, there's all this confusion about like the black box versus the cockpit voice recorder versus the cockpit data recorder. I don't know what any of this shit means, but they found the thing that records like the voices of the pilots and stuff.
2: And was and there a lot of swearing in German?
3: No, actually there wasn't, which is uh Surprising. sort of, I think that led them to their, I don't know if this is all sort of put to bed at this point, but that led them to the current theory is they hear this sort of, Uh, knocking on the door of the cockpit, right? Just like, Andres. Andres, this is Hans, the captain. A little louder. louder. Andres, open the door. I have your chocolate schnitzel.
2: I love how your German sounds like Dr.
3: Strangelove. Of course it does. And then, you know, just pounding and then like, then Hans, I don't even know if his name's Hans. <laughs> Actually I do. It's the German guy's name, the captain, the actual captain, not the co-pilot. His name is Patrick S. Patrick S. They're not giving up his uh last name, I don't know, for purposes of anonymity. Ooh. Who cares? He's dead. He's dead as fuck. But uh Yeah, so Patrick S. the German. Seems like a weird name for a German, but who am I to judge? Yeah, and then he's like pounding on the door. And, uh, you know, then, uh, they hear the screams of the passengers and then the sound of an explosion, I guess, hmm. which is crazy. Cause they're saying that the passengers didn't realize that they were doomed until like the final 30 seconds, which is kind of weird. Cause you're on the plane, you're playing your game boy, you're taking a nap, you're looking outside like, Oh, what a beautiful view of the Alps. They're awfully close though. That's strange. And then you're like, Holy fuck. It's like six feet out of the, win- the from the window.
2: And you didn't even get to see the end of Hot Tub Time Machine 2.
0: <laughs> in heaven, you get to see the end of all movies.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get that, though, because what about the sudden drop in altitude? Wouldn't you be like, you know, I just lost control of my bowels because this ship or, you know, this plane is uh, taking a nosedive?
3: Yeah, but that happens all the time. And you're just like, oh, this turbulence is terrible. <laughs> but I don't think it was like that. Cause, so now some more details have come out. And this article that Chris sent in has some details that I did not even know about. Um, cause you know, not only do they have to look for the black box, but they have sort of, uh, I'm going to say telemetry, even though I don't really know what that word means. <laughs> Sounds like it. Yeah. Name. I was
2: about to say, please define that. No, I don't know. That's some engineering light bulb. It's term. like I the, uh,
3: computers in the plane are talking to computers at like the air traffic control. That's what I'm, that's how I'm defining it. I don't know if that's correct or not.
2: Are you talking about that auto, that blow up inflatable autopilot that comes out? and flies a plane for you yeah every
3: every kid that was born in you know the late 70s that's how they picture the autopilot
2: (laughs) well that's from the movie the
3: hot stewardess has to come out and blow on his little valve that's where his cock should be yeah
2: i remember watching that as a kid and just being like that's so awesome yeah i wish i could be an inflatable
3: pilot (laughs) um (laughs) i'm not talking about that yet but i do want to talk about that later he, uh, but because of the, the people's, you know, the people who monitor what the plane's doing on the ground are saying that, uh, between nine 52, 52 seconds and nine thirty fifty five 55 seconds, they can see that the autopilot was manually changed from flying at 38,000 feet, which is a perfectly appropriate level for a plane to fly to a hundred feet and nine seconds later, the a- aircraft started to descend. Hmm. So this dude, co-pilot Andreas, just switched the thing, the inflatable guy. He was like, hey, dude, take us down to basically no feet. And the inflatable guy's like, yes, sir, Mr. Co-pilot, sir. Because I'm a robot, but I just do whatever the human says. So, okay, what
2: happened here? Did the the pilot, the captain, did he eat the seafood and got sick to his stomach? He's dispatched. Next thing you know, the co-pilot, who also ate the seafood passed out and then the autopilot just failed
3: close the pilot did eat some kind of seafood and he was had to take a shit i always thought they had a bathroom in the cockpit i thought they were I, I never diapers. find i never i never fly in first class it doesn't seem like this is a very long flight i mean from spain to switzerland to wherever the fuck they were going i mean that's like the direction i mean the guy couldn't have taken a shit in the airport well
2: why aren't they wearing adult diapers though they should never leave the cockpit
3: you Should have a catheter, in my opinion.
2: A catheter, or just they could just sit there and just,
3: just fucking nope. hold it. Yeah, just you hold it. Hold it for an hour. It must like have been
2: the Germany. seafood. It must have been the seafood.
0: Yeah.
3: Anyway, so we went back to take a shit. I never fly in first class, but do you ever see the pilot like come out of the door to go use the bathroom? No. That that would make me take a shit. <laughs> A guy he would be like, like, what are you
2: doing? Get back in the cockpit and fly the
3: fucking plane. You're flipping out. He's like, dude, there's a co-pilot plus the computer flies the plane. We're not really doing anything up there. but are just checking our texts. <laughs> Wait, you can check your texts?
2: You told me to turn my fucking phone off, you dick. Yeah, don't you get a ticket for that?
3: Yeah, apparently. Um, that brings me to my first point. <laughs> Maybe my only point. I don't know.
5: But The,
3: the pilots don't fly the plane.
2: Well, that's what I'm wondering here. This sounds like the best job ever. You just get up there, you you, you somehow take off, you turn on autopilot, and then when you just kick back, play Game
3: Boy? I think, the, I think the computer even takes off for you. I think you just get up there, you flick some switches, you look at the dials, you're like, okay, you push the button, and then the plane just flies itself. I mean, we're in the age where the computers can do shit, especially this kind of shit, where it's like, you know, monitoring lots of pieces of data... You know wind turbulence and wind speed and you know how many clouds and fucking precipitation is out there and how you know where the other planes are computers can do this way better than people can
2: once again we're speculating about something we know nothing at all oh yeah however i gotta say they i mean don't you think by this point technology's caught up where they would rather they would rather discount human error and replace it with a machine
3: you know everybody's like, "Well, what if the computer fucks up? The human has to be there to to step in." Like, how about another computer steps up? am about to have a spare a spare inflatable guy and he could take over if the fucking one inflatable guy fucks up.
2: The only thing the I guess the only explanation I could have is is there's too many variables. Like, yeah, like what if like what what about the guy Sully Sullenberger? The the the, the bird flew into the engine of the plane. He oh, landed the plane in the Hudson River. Saved everybody. Right? So what, You're saying a
3: computer couldn't do that. I'm
2: saying the autopilot wouldn't have been able to do that. Maybe it would have. I don't Why think. Not? I don't. I don't think he would have. Do you think you? <laughs> I don't know. While he's getting his uh, hatch blown by the hot stewardess, <laughs> I don't know. It'd have been too distracting. Multitasking.
3: How come I mean, there was? You, you say there's too many variables, but computers are designed to deal with tons of variables.
2: I think it's the same thing that goes for the uh, the uh, uh, self-driving, self-driving cars. Car. Yeah. Exactly. You know? i well, they I'm much rather have a bunch of yet.
3: self-driving cars around than the fucking assholes that are on the highway. I know for a fact that they can't drive.
2: I think, that, I think the pilots are there just in case something goes wrong. And I bet you 90% of the time nothing goes wrong. And they just sit there. I think the pilots, pilots are nothing. there
3: because they have a very strong union.
2: Now, I'm sure they do more than what you're... I, I'm sure they're not just sitting there doing nothing, pressing they button at to the at the plane.
3: and mean, like, yeah, everything's good. They're talking to people, and they're like, "Oh, this is your captain speaking. I'm uh, you're gonna see me coming out of the cockpit. Don't be alarmed. I just have to take a huge steaming loaf into the uh lavatory."
2: waggly, someone must be there to control the machines. You can't just trust the machine.
3: Yeah, some guy in the ground. No, I I, I don't. But <laughs> some th- guy in the ground can do it.
2: But what happens if something goes wrong when you're in the air? You need some guy in the ground, ground
3: can do it. They, we they have, can't we, have millions, it. we have millions. We have literally billions of military drones fi- flying over the middle east right now bombing the fuck out of people and it's all, they're all controlled by some kids in a trailer in bakersfield those drones
2: crash all the time they do those drones go down Planes all, the crash all the time it's drones the- ruin like some afghanistan wedding kill like well, 30 people that's all not because the, the drone
3: crashed that's because they actually fired a cruise <laughs> missile into it you dumbass the
2: military says it crashed yeah. So I believe them. But okay. I'm just saying there's too many variables. Something can go wrong. That's why they need this guy. The problem is they serve him tainted fish. You never eat the seafood.
3: <laughs> yeah, just have a cliff bar. Yeah. Have you ever seen an airplane?
2: <laughs> How come there wasn't a guy in the passenger seat who used to be a pilot in Vietnam but hasn't flown in 20 years? How come he didn't save the day?
3: How about just a guy who, like, got a crowbar in his uh, carry-on, th- you know, through security and was like, oh, I'll open that door. crank, crunk, crunk.
5: Yeah, what, my, what's the
3: deal with that? That's my crowbar noise, by the way. Crunk, crunk, crunk.
2: What is the deal with that? So does the pl- does the door auto-lock, or did the, did the co-pilot lock him out?
3: Well, the door is reinforced after, you know, 9-11, which is, let's not forget, 14 years
0: ago.
2: <laughs> Damn and, bin uh, Laden ruining right everything.
0: i never forget.
3: Uh, the door is reinforced to prevent people from entering and I guess the pilot has a code like a key code uh, but you forget the, the key per- code but the pilot in the whoever's inside the cockpit can override it because what if the pilot went out to take a shit because he ate the fish and then you know a terrorist had a fish. knife to his throat and was like give me the key code uh, Then you how prevent would, that? is yeah.
2: there a little peephole how would he know that there's a terrorist there who the co-pilot? No, I'm just saying if the co-pilot's inside the plane and there's a terrorist being like, give me the key code, and he's making the pilot sit tell him, you know, say, hey, I need the key code.
3: Would you look think there, through a people? I little think there peeple? is a peephole. Hmm. Why wouldn't there be a peephole? Like I'm I said, I assuming. never fly first class, so I'm always very far from that door. So is I'm there in the very back? So, so this
2: co-pilot, suicidal, he locks the cockpit, kills 150 people. Don't they do some kind of screening, some kind of psychological test? I mean, don't they they do that for for just police officers?
3: Right. So German Wings.
0: (laughs) Worst airline ever.
3: Is the name of the airline. It's actually owned by Lufthansa, which is one of those airlines that like people, you know, if you have friends who are big travelers, they're always like, oh, I love Lufthansa. It's the best airline. (laughs) You know, they own this company. And they say they do lots of background checks and they made it through it all. And people have been combing his Facebook pages and people who knew him, they're interviewing people who knew him and, and everybody says, no, he was great, good guy, he's always happy, a little bit quiet. Do
2: you see the uh, picture of him posed like in the Marin Headlands, yeah. the Golden Gate Bridge, just smiling? Clear, clearly German. Yeah, very German. It's a very German thing to do.
3: My, I had an ex-girlfriend and we would walk around San Francisco and I'm sure you can do this in Los Angeles too and you would... uh You'd see tourists and you're like, all right, uh, do you think that person's gay or European? <laughs> because they always have just like the slightly <laughs> odd clothes, you know? Like slightly too slim fitting, you know? Yeah, they're always in much better shape than everybody else. Oh, yeah. And they're... gays are too. So you're just like, is that like what a fashion forward gay or a European?
2: Gay or European? It's a great game to play. You can play or that both. in a The too. bingo
3: would be if they're both. Yeah. I don't know how we ever determined who won, but we would just follow them long enough to like make a determination. <laughs>
2: So this guy, though, Andreas. why, why, why would he crash in the Alps? Why not just keep continue flying and crash in the Eiffel Tower or the Louvre or something?
3: <laughs> well, they've already. Passed. That's more to the left.
2: Yeah, it could have been that far away. I mean, I would have just held out for maybe. I mean, he's in the cockpit. You know, I mean, I would right. just held out maybe a couple hours. One the, doors... the
3: pyramids of Giza. Well, just no, I mean, right.
2: I. Would, he's German. He obviously hates France. Why not destroy a, ne- a landmark? What would you take out? The Eiffel Tower or the
3: Louvre? The Louvre.
2: <laughs> what, just so you could destroy the artwork?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, if they, like, if they destroyed the Eiffel Tower, they'd just rebuild it, right? Wouldn't be a big deal. But That's if they destroyed true. the Mona Lisa, then nobody would be talking about the passengers you killed, like, two weeks later, but they'd still be talking about the Mona Lisa, like, six months later. So I would get it. It'd be the extra knife twist To all the passengers that I killed.
2: I think they'd hire that nun from Spain to repaint it. You know what I'm talking (laughs) about? The one who did the... uh, It wasn't Spain, it was South America.
3: I thought that was Spain. What did that that meme... What was that that meme It was like Jesus, but... uh, It was like a a big furry-faced Jesus like an Ewok when she got done with it. She was trying to help out. (laughs) Poor lady. That's most of the problems today are caused by overestimations of one's own skills and, and i th- I
2: think maybe this uh pilot was overestimating his skills
3: well no he, he, he let me get this let me get this well straight. he's pretty good at mass murder, i guess they clearly think that this is inten- it wasn't like he fucked up like it's intentional they can hear him breathing uh as if he's con- you know he's not it's not like a sleep breath rate, it's like an awake breath rate, and the only thing that they're saying is maybe a signal is on the voice recorder. They have the recording of the two pilots, you know, doing their whatever fucking checks and shit before uh, the the actual pilot left the uh, cockpit, you know, saying, well, we're going to do our landing soon and we have to check all the gauges and the meters like the fucking computer can't do that itself. <laughs> uh, and they say that Lubitz's replies, Andreas Lubitz's replies became laconic as they started readying what would have been a normal descent to the airport in Dusseldorf and uh. The investigator, or whatever, says his responses became very brief. There's no proper exchange as such, which is how Europeans. He's talk. just like nein,
2: nine, <laughs> just like that. That's what Germans ja. sound like.
3: Yeah, ja. nine, Nein. nein.
2: Sieg <laughs> <Zegel. laughs> Heil, <Scheisse. laughs> <laughs> It's probably what he was doing is watching some kind of weird German Scheizer flick on his cell phone.
3: Mm-hmm. On his BlackBerry.
2: Meanwhile, plane's going down. It's distracted.
3: No, no. <laughs> you keep saying that, but he, he intentionally crashed This,
2: this guy, This guy committed mass it's murder. It's clear. He, no, this guy committed mass murder. He took They're out 150 people. They're saying suicide is the wrong word. It's not suicide. It, well, he suicided, but... <laughs> if you
3: suicide and you kill one other person, then you're... And that's a murder-suicide, but there's 150 other people.
2: This is about as much of a suicide as, like, a Taliban guy with a bunch of bombs strapped to his chest running into a crowded bazaar.
3: And then you're a suicide bomber.
2: Well, this guy's a suicide pilot. I mean, he just, like, piloted a plane into a mountain and killed 150 people.
3: It's a new category, because I don't think this has ever happened before.
2: Well, what about uh, 9-11? Have you forgotten?
3: But that was, was I guess what I'm saying is that was terrorism. There's no indication that this guy had any political aspirations for this act. He didn't write any screed and left it behind. He didn't say anything about you know, the black forest or whatever that they're, they're cutting down in Germany that he's mad about that. Maybe they just haven't found it yet. I don't know. I'm
2: thinking it was ISIS. I think ISIS implanted some kind of like suicide device, like behind his ear that they flipped on. And then next thing you know, the guys, uh, (laughs) what's that movie
3: called? The Manchurian candidate, Manchurian
2: candidate. That's what happened. It was Angela Lansbury all along. Yep. And uh, I think that's what she, he was programmed to kill.
3: That's a great movie, by the way. It Frank Sinatra movie. plays the lead, right?
2: Was that Sinatra in that?
3: I think it was. Which is crazy that you know he's known for his singing, but he's actually uh, and I don't know if he was a gr- His acting was great in that movie, but it's a great movie.
2: Is he a Scientologist? No,
3: pre-Scientology. <laughs> Would you I don't listen? think they, I don't think you can become friends with the mob if you're a Scientologist. No. I think that's like just like nah, you're out.
2: It's a different kind of mob, right? Uh, brother from another mother. Anyway, um, yeah, th- this guy's a mass murderer. I don't think this is suicide. And I guess we'll have to see who programmed him to kill. People, send your story. Stick around podcast, hotmail.com. Uh, we got some phone calls to get to. 206-666-3846 is that number. Uh, before we get to our first phone call, here's a word from our sponsor.
4: What do you do when you're at a family reunion or Thanksgiving, you got a raging boner that won't go away and you're considering fucking your grandmother. You go to Adam and Eve, of course. You buy a jerk-off sleeve, you know, a dildo, a pocket pussy, something of that nature, so you can go in the bathroom and just take care of that raging boner before you have to bend over your grandma at the table and just So go to haveanied.com and type in the code D-I-D-D-L-E That's what Grandpa used to do to your dad. Talk to you later.
2: Bye. Alright, so we got a few phone calls here to get to. Um, The first one is from uh, that guy who this, this seems like it's self-aggrandizing the fact that he refers to himself as the epic farter
0: mm-hmm.
2: but this guy's farts truly are epic he can back it up this guy this guy can back it up and push it out
5: ah oh, dear lance it's the epic farter pevster here uh just a little interesting story uh, just to back up my phone call the other day um yeah, you wondered whether the epic fart was related to noise control, uh, quality, or impurity, whatever you want to call it.
2: I think we uh, didn't we come up with criteria that you could yeah. judge or evaluate someone's fart.
3: It's sort of like a distributed sp- scoring system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think, I think that's what it sort of was that.
5: Um, yeah, I was on a site yesterday on a building site. They're ripping a building apart internally. The place was full of jackhammers and dust and noise and builders uh, i dropped a fart while i was on top of a set of steps and the foreman came out of his office and asked me <laughs> if i had a risk assessment for it and a method statement and a cost certificate um, the uk is mad on uh, health and safety and building sites have all these certificates and risk assessments and everything. And he actually asked if I had one for my fart because uh, apparently it smelt that bad. (laughs) And uh, in that environment, it still smelt that bad. Uh, It also made quite a bit of noise because it made him come out of his office amongst that. So yeah, I think I probably tick all the boxes on my quality and and noise levels and perhaps not control. But uh, yeah, I thought you'd like to hear that. (laughs) Keep it sleazy. Wow, so that is I mean, an epic If we could fart. get some
3: corroboration on that story, then I would say that he is the epic farter.
2: So what, do you want his uh, supervisor, to, the, the construction manager, No. whatever you know, to call I'm it? To bu-
3: I'm willing to believe it until I hear otherwise, but... Dogs, bollocks, that farts, I can
2: smell it from a hundred yards away. <laughs>
3: <laughs> inside Criminy. The, inside the, like, management trailer.
2: I just love the fact that there's jackhammers, dust, and all sorts of other construction things going on. Yet this guy is in his office, and all of a sudden he heard this dude fart.
3: Or smelled. I don't know why you, both you and the epic farter don't understand that he might have just been like, Oh, fwa, <laughs> <laughs> fwa, <Fuh>, mate. <laughs> Somebody tip over one of the outhouses.
2: <laughs> you know, I I do envy the construction worker for Why? this for this reason. Because if when I fart at work, I you know I share an office well, with yeah, six right. dudes. I can't just like lean over and just rip a fart. I mean it's just rude. Mm-hmm. So what I have to do is I have to like do a crop dust and walk around and just kind of crop dust the QA department that sits outside mm-hmm. and then go back to my desk. Right, camouflaging the the odor so it's not me. Whereas this guy, you're you're on a construction site. Who cares? You're outdoors. You're demolishing a building. Just rip it, rip a fart anytime you want. Do you do that when you you're visit right. a
3: prison? Well, I don't want somebody to think it's a mating call. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, it no, probably makes sense. Know.
3: It's it's. I was I was gonna say it's white collar versus blue collar, but if you have like a sort of blue collar, like I guess if you work in a kitchen of a fancy restaurant, you can you can probably fart back fart there, on right? the food. Yeah.
2: Um, you have your own office, though. So do you just rip farts all day?
3: Uh. Yeah, but it's even it's actually worse because I do rip farts all day. By the way, <laughs> but what happens <laughs> is you fart because you're in your office by yourself. You're just thinking, ah, yes, fortress of solitude. But then immediately uh, somebody walks in with like some document that you need to look at or they want to like, look at some oh, document Jesus you have. It, and they know it was you. There's no there's no like, yeah, Frank just walked by my uh, little area here. It's like you're in your little, your private office, right? Yeah, but you and don't have any you new... You own that domain.
2: You don't have any new guys that come in and be like, damn, dude,
3: check your pants. Like,
2: no, it's left unsaid. It's not... <laughs>
3: office etiquette is to leave it on but there's sometimes there's eye contact like bro <laughs> maybe you get some fiber in your diet
2: what would you say though if like one of the new hires is like a young guy fresh out of college was just like jesus dude i think you shit yourself
3: i'd be like ha, ha, ha. <laughs> your days are limited here you know how much power i have
2: much like a scientologist
3: i you have worked with him like, for, like, 18 years, which is pretty crazy.
2: That's a long time. Yeah. Long time.
3: All right. All right uh,
2: yeah, you are an epic farter. That's been proven. got another call from a new listener. Brand new listener.
4: Hey, second like Wrong. New listener here. Um, I was just listening to the new podcast, the one about penis sizes, and I have to disagree with the, the flaccid penis average because or I not disagree, I, I, I don't know, I just surprised.
2: Can you disagree with an average?
3: I mean, it's a scientific document. <laughs> it's like, you dude. Could, you could disagree with the results of the study and say that I think the method was flawed. What, I mean, the, the, what are
2: you saying a bunch of blind people measured dudes' wangs. <laughs>
0: Maybe their sample was <laughs>
3: misconstructed and like didn't I, I, account I, for like a bunch of dudes with huge wangs or something.
2: I, I guess you could say that, but I didn't think you could disagree with an average, but hey
4: me because four, about, you know, close to four inches, that's, that's like a normal penis size. My flaccid penis is like... Well, first of all, I'm a little chubby, and I'm Catholic, so
0: <laughs> the fat that, eats
4: away at like half an inch, and then I'm uncircumcised, so that's another like half inch. I have like a disgusting mound of skin. Anyway, <laughs> my, my flaccid penis is about... I don't know, inch and a half or two, and uh, I don't know. It's just disgusting. So anyone who's chubby and Catholic might know my pain. Jesus,
3: <laughs> whatever. Keep it sick. Keep it wrong. This guy's got issues, man.
2: Yeah, is this the guy that was flying the plane, the German plane?
3: No, I don't. He didn't sound German.
2: Yeah. Well, you never know. Mm. Um. Yeah. That this sucks, dude. You know, it's it's your dick nothing you can do about it. So you might as well you just... Could lose like, some weight. Well, you I mean, can lose some especially weight. Especially if you're
3: just chubby. If you're if you're obese, it's hard to lose weight. But if you're just chubby, I mean, speaking as a chubby dude... Yeah, but this guy obviously has annoying, issues about it. It's annoying, but it's not that hard. Right?
2: You know, the, the fact of the matter is, I agree with what Wackley's saying. Lose a little weight, and then as soon as you get a girl you know, back to your place. It doesn't matter how small your dick is. She's just going to have to deal with it. Cause how many girls freak out and like, "Ah, I'm out of here. That's the worst penis I've ever seen. That never happens. It's dark. It's dark. They'll be dissatisfied, disappointed. You won't hear from them again. About you to their girlfriends,
0: but that's the
2: worst that can happen. You got laid. That's what, that's what you should be concerned about. So yeah, maybe, um, lay off those, uh, pizza bagels.
3: <laughs> is that what uh, chubby Catholic dudes eat? Pizzas? Oh yeah,
2: Wait, do Catholic guys have small wings? Is that
3: like a no? No, a he's thing? saying that it th- says because he, he's uncircumcised. That's
2: that's interesting. I didn't know. Is that a Catholic thing too? They're anti the circumcision.
3: I I guess I don't know enough Catholic dudes that, and I'm not intimate with their penis conditions.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't, I don't know. If, I, if we have Catholic listeners, I want to know about that. Are they? Is it a a Catholic law not to circumcise your kids, their children.
3: I don't think. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm close friends with a single Catholic dude, which is weird. You know, I right?
2: do know uh, a Catholic guy. My roommate in college was Catholic. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna call him up after this podcast because it's probably about two in the morning in Michigan, and I'm gonna be like, "Hey, dude." Are you circumcised? Because I know you're Catholic. <laughs> and He's going to be like, Doing never call me again. Lose my num- Delete my number right now. That's what he's going to say. <laughs> anyway, dude, cheer up, man. It's not that big of a deal. You don't need have to lose weight if you're chubby. You just got to
3: tone it up. Yeah. Just- Although he's, probably, he's saying he's chubby. He probably means he's like pretty overweight.
2: Now, this guys you can tell this guy's a pig. Because guys who
3: are chubby are like, I'm doing pretty good, but look pretty good. And people are like, you're a little bit flabby as fuck, really.
2: Proportionally, your dick's going to look bigger the more weight you lose. So that should be your goal.
3: You can also get circumcised. They do adult circumcisions.
2: I guess you could do that. Yeah, that's kind of a double whammy of this guy. Not only is he fat, um, he's got, you know, a, 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 a heathen dog penis. Hmm. So, um, yeah, you got uh, some work ahead of you there, fella. But uh, keep those daubers up. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) (laughs) I always find it funny that, you know, I'm sure there's like attractive guys out there that girls are really into. Like a guy that kind of looks like um, like Brad Pitt or something. And then as soon as they get back, the dude's got like a one and a half inch dick. And there's nothing they can do about it. They're just going to be like, all right, well... It's going to be disappointing. Yep. Learn how to eat pussy. Uh, here's the last call. This is one of my favorite calls that we got this week. It's from one of Wackerly's ex-girlfriends. You know, Wackerly, I didn't even know about this ex-girlfriend. I, I've known most of the girls. I've met most of the girls you've dated, you know, since college and uh, and through adulthood. But this one, somehow I just didn't know about.
3: Yeah, I, I've lost track of some of them myself.
2: There's been so many. <laughs> this one, though, I'm sure you'll remember.
0: How's it going, lads?
4: It's your ex-Mrs. Shona. I'm that bitch that you left on the wedding aisles. I was ready to drop my babies off for you. I was going to give up all the other cocks in the world just for your little measly pecker.
2: <laughs> when did you date a Cockney harlot?
3: Uh, Like I said, sometimes i <laughs>
2: Did Jack the Ripper not murder this one? I mean this listen yeah. to her. Yeah.
3: I like it when uh, I like it when it just a craven whore is just so cock hungry. That's all she cares. <laughs> all the cocks in the world. That's what she's just like. Just give it. me all the cocks in the world. I guess I don't need him for you because I'm in love.
4: Just to throw it in whenever you want and have your way with Shona. Hope you're fucking happy in your new relationship, you can't just remember all the broken hearts that I've felt. Just remember all the pains that I've been through. That's Just remember so. your love, Shona. When you're plowing that skank in you know, there, call your wife. Hey, Give <laughs> a fucking whatever and fucking whatever, Shona, out help.
3: Oi, oh, Wow, yeah. Shona, out. No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was Shona. Do you remember dating that one?
3: No, you'd think I remember that voice, but...
2: Yeah, she seems... I bet she's kind of hot. I'm picturing Elizabeth Hurley. Maybe I'm wrong.
3: She did... uh, Yeah. No, now you're (laughs) wrong. She looked exactly like Elizabeth Hurley.
2: That voice is really hot, It's
3: really crazy that... I mean, she never became famous because she was so obsessed with our relationship and making that work that she... You know, it's... Neglected her. her it never career. fails
2: to amaze me how many hearts you broke by getting married. You got married, and there's just this litany, just this string of women out there with just broken hearts. That's what happens. That's what happens. Right there. Next thing you know, they're going to be flying planes into the Eiffel Tower. Uh, people call Sickerong Hotline 206 666 3846. Real quick, one email we got for the Sickerong Podcast at com. I uh, came in from Jackie. She says, Hi, Dean Lance. Even though I'm the same age as you, I am new to podcasts and up to now have only listened to movie reviews. Then I found you. And because each episode is the same length as my walk to work, you have an hour and a half walk to work. Where do you live? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> At the bottom of a canyon. Kathmandu. I, I, this is just weird. Are you walking through the mountain to get to work? She says, I listen and I laugh like an insane person on the way, which means I always get to work in a good mood. That's disturbing. I was going to write to you to thank you for that. However, I listened to one of your archived episodes and I'm now blaming you for me being completely traumatized and not being able to sleep. I think the episode was from June 2014. And Dee was talking about going to a meme-themed party. I had heard of Gozi. I've seen Tup girl. I had no idea what lemon party was, but I thought it'd be funny to look at. So I did, and yes it was funny. But the website I found had this innocent little link to another shock meme. I thought how bad could it be? So I clicked on it. It was a video. last words. It was a video of a man in a jar. I was so busy wondering what the hell was wrong with the skin on his legs, it took me a while to to twig what had happened. Oh my God, seriously, what's wrong with people? How much damage do you do? Do you go to the hospital I keep seeing that jar lid fall when I try to sleep? Apart from that, thanks for making my walks more interesting. It's nice to know there's someone out there as sick and wrong as I am, Jackie. Yeah, one guy, one jar. Well, <laughs> I forgot about I'm that quite one. familiar with that one. I haven't seen that one in years. I forgot about that one. What was <laughs> the deal? a good
3: costume for the meme, meme party. What, Just shove a a bunch of broken
2: glass up my asshole. Yeah. Yeah, that'd that's be right. nice. Punctured colon. Hey, party. <laughs> um, what was the deal with that? The dude just like shoved a mason jar up his ass, right? And it broke?
3: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Fame. I... <laughs> quest for fame.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. You know, maybe that's one way to get a viral video. I'm trying to, you know, I'm always attempting to uh, make a video to go viral, to promote the show. Maybe all I need to do, is shove a uh, broke a bottle, a mason jar, up my asshole.
3: Well, it's been done. You can't do that.
2: All right, what if I stick a hairless cat inside the jar?
3: Go get some battery ass and just dip your balls in it. Did I say battery ass? Battery acid. Battery acid. Did you, <laughs>
2: see, uh, did you see that video of the guy who claimed to be vaping his friend's semen?
3: <laughs> I did not see though. I don't really go in the circles where all this shit appears anymore. I'm kind of uh, i won't, I wouldn't say I'm above it, but I'm, I'm just in a different space in my life. now.
2: You know, I feel like I've, oftentimes I still feel like I'm a, I'm a very immature man. I remember my father said I'm very immature for my age. Really? Um, yeah. Maybe cause he listens to podcasts yeah. and, and you know, back in the back, back then I used to, you know, enjoy sending links to my friends Uh, disgusting images, videos, and and whatnot. But, you know, I haven't done it as much lately. I feel like I am maturing now. It's good.
3: (laughs) It's a real breakthrough.
2: When's the last time I sent you a picture of, like, a diseased vagina or a blue waffle or something? It's been a long time. It's been a while, you know? So maybe I am getting older. Maybe I am acting like a 40-year-old. Thank you, Jackie, for helping me mature. Uh, People can email the show. Stick around, podcastopman.com iTunes, subscribe, rate, comment, listen to the show on iTunes. That sounded very authoritative. Uh, but it's a good place to go. You, you rate, you can comment. We appreciate it. Boost visibility for the show. We gain more listeners. And, uh, yeah, eventually it will, um, it will it, by doing that, it will make us popular enough where we won't have to sell our souls to the Church of Scientology. Uh, we also have a lot of action on the Sigurong Facebook page. I'm really trying to revive that page. So, you can go follow us at facebook.com slash sticking podcast. And also, for a limited time only, I got a D's Bargain Basement special going on with t shirts. You buy a t shirt right D's, now.
3: T shirt emporium. You
2: buy a t shirt right now at Crazy D's T shirt emporium. I will not only give you a t shirt, I will throw in four stickers and a signed print a print of Wackley and myself wearing sweaters from Sears. Mm. So uh, go to Sigurongpodcast.com slash store, buy a t-shirt, and you'll get a print with a couple stickers. Sigarong Song of the Week was sent in from Buddy on the uh, Sigarong Facebook page. Uh, Buddy says, Song of the Week, Ketchup on My Hot Dog by the Section 8 Mob.
3: Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't like the sound of this.
2: <laughs> I've actually forgot about this song. It's been years since I've heard it. I listened to the whole thing twice the other day. Um, he goes, I don't know how to send this to you guys. It's on YouTube. Enjoy, fellows." Buddy from Australia, big fan. So the song's about having uh, sex with your lady on the rag. My favorite line from it, though, is I got the fever for the flavor of some plasma. <laughs> it's a great song. Yeah. Section 8 Mob. You know what's funny is I did a search to try to figure out what happened to these guys. Like, you know, where, where's Section 8 Mob these days? What happened I mean, to these I mean, they're dudes? probably all
3: just millionaires right now, right?
2: Dude, there's the not even a Wikipedia work. page for this band. Wow. Yeah. So uh, the song is called Ketchup on My Hot Dog by the Section 8 Mob. Thank you buddy for sending that in. People, we'll be back next week with episode 477. Till then, take a easy. Have
3: a good night.
1: Motherfuckin' time of the month But ain't hey, shit switch, bitch, you know what I want You're talking bout your bleeding, yeah, well I don't give a fuck Let's bring that ass over, let me catch a quick nut I just wanna fuck, I never had been a lover Pull off that pad and put them scabs on my rubber Ooh, you gotta pay the price when you tax it
0: Fucking up shit after shit And gotta flip my mattress back my bitches seem to love it, but my niggas say I'm trippin'. Pull out the red towel,
1: but when that blood starts to drippin', three minutes is the usual, unless I start to lick. Now I'm coming up like I'm wearing lipstick. There's many in my league, but ain't no one up in my class. The summer get down, and up that tampon out your so ass. I'm pullin' on the string, so you can get the thing. I'm a nasty, nasty, nasty ass nigga, I like you. Full of mine all and ready fuck Sometimes I fuck fast Sometimes I fuck slow Sometimes I lick that ass Sometimes I suck your toes I smell your dirty ass While you're giving me hair? A nigga woke up I'm 69 and in the red You dirty, sleazy, slimy, slick, stank-ass slut Big daddy's bumped to bust nothing So where you wanna, head or butt? Back and forth and forth and back Yeah, that's what I like Now play up around the rim Bitch, you be like Mike You ain't go easy on the nipples Eat that tender <laughs> You're fuckin' the beats, bitch on it and you remember last time that we fucked you told your girl i made love so now I wish your pussy bricks gonna get drunk running up in them drawers slinging blood on the walls, bitch cuz i like ketchup on my hot dog Dogs between them buns I hiss it from the back So I can see the blood run Drip, drop, drip Nah, you can't control the flow I pulls out the pipe So I can let the fluid go Staining up the rug And it's seeping through the hardwood All up in that is smelling bad But it's feeling good Gotta get the soap Wash rag and water ready Black towel on the floor Legs up, rubber on stroke steady. Damn man, it must be the dog in me. But I tell you I to see more blood than a surgery. Ready, made scatter for the stabbing. Tylenol all three for the hoops. Yeah, she cramping. I'm humping good, she's humping back, but I can outlast her. I think I got the fever for the flavor of some plasma. But something on the lollipop, won't get your tongue as red. He's beating while I'm eating when I'm eating this when she play it. I know that's some more crud ball shit that I said. But I don't give a fuck, (laughs) cause I like ketchup on my hindos, bitch
2: Get the fuck out of here if I pass you to the rest of the section.
0: Lance, you can uh, listen up real sharp. Here it comes. You ready? Here it comes. Fuck you! Lick my ball!